This week on Super Skull, Curtis never left Batman. We don't pick a single image book, and Nick gives us tips on how to make the perfect waffle. Alrighty, welcome to Super Skull. It's your weekly new comic day audio digest recorded live to tape from Earth X Ann Arbor, domed and waiting for Telos to set us into battle against Ypsilanti is probably what I imagine is going to happen. Let me point out that Ann Arbor ever goes to war with Ypsilanti, Ypsilanti's winning every single time. They're hungrier. Well, Ann Arbor would like create a peace chain in front of its borders, right? And Ipsy would just Mad Max it through with all... Yeah, it'd be terrible I for think Ann Arbor. So. Well, even in spite of the dome, yeah. we are still satellite headquarters to Vault of Midnight, or its finest comic books and stuff out of Ann Arbor, Michigan. I'm your host, Nick Wybar. I'm joined by Marcus Schwimmer. Hello, sir. And Curtis Sullivan. What's up, though? How are you guys doing today? Wonderful. The, the weather... Today is inspiring. Isn't it great? Yeah, it really is. It fills me with vigor. I feel vigorous. Yeah. Vim, even. I feel vim and, I mean, vimorous and vigorous. Lovely. We got some comic books to talk about. We got some other things to talk about right at the top here. Uh, And first things first, we are still looking for audio help. If you or somebody you know is interested in helping Super Skull and being our intern, uh, doing some audio editing work, give us a shout. Send us an email, superskull at vaultofmidnight.com, and express your interest. We pay in apple fritters. We pay, well, let's not commit to apple fritters. We can negotiate apple fritters. <laughs> That's right. I'm sorry. I jumped the gun there. But we Don't d- tip your hand, Marcus. We, we do know Ann Arbor's secret apple fritter spot. And, we do, and, and we'll tell you. And we'll tell you, for sure. Yeah, where yeah. the best apple fritters are. Yeah, without question. Among many, many other benefits. So if you want to be part of the Super Skull train, uh, shoot, us a, shoot us a line, superskull at vaultofmidnight.com. Please, please do. We need you. So uh, it's a big week this week. Free Comic Book Day is this Saturday. Yeah, and it's going to be of epic proportions. What is Free Comic Book Day? Curtis Sullivan, go. It's a day where we give away free comic books. Just we? Every store in the nation, every participating retailer Everyone of comic books. worth a damn. That's right. If you're not participating in Free Comic Book Day, Why? Please yeah, do. Why not? Who Please, is it? There, yeah. It's got to be some comic shop somewhere that's not participating. But So uh, what do we got going on on Free Comic Book Day? We got costumes. Mm-hmm. We got candy from Zangerman's. Yes. That's pretty cool. We got what else? The Malt of, the, the malt of Midnight. The Malt of Midnight limited edition Zangerman's candy. Nice. Available only on Free Comic Book Day. Yeah, and the, the dudes from over at Nerd Life Productions are going to be helping us out. We're going to be doing trivia contests that will have prizes. They're going to be running a photo booth. Um the line entertainment for the day is set, and it's going to be awesome and unlike anything we've ever done before. Um, it's just going to be an epic, epically huge day. Yeah, every, come in costume. Every one of our free comic book days is bigger than the one before, and we've anticipated this year to be the biggest yet. There's going to be performers out front. There's oh, going to be yeah. people in costumes all day long. There's going to be free comics. Yeah. And yeah. even while you're waiting for free comics, you're going to be so thoroughly, you're not even going to want to leave the line. That's the thing. People come by and they see the line because the line can be a little intimidating. Yeah. It can be like a block or too long. Don't let it scare you off. No, it goes fast and it's fun and you'll get cool stuff just for standing in line before you even get into free comic book day. We got Daily Bugles to give away to the line this year. We got an Avengers magazine. I mean, there is a ton of cool stuff. I think stuff. probably you just want to just come for the line. Come for the you line. Go through the line, get to the end of the line right at the, when you're about to walk in the door, and yeah. just leave, get back in the line. Forget it. Yeah, and we're kicking the day off with our friends, the Ann Arbor Derby Dimes, which is our local Ann Arbor roller derby team. They're going to start the day with us for line entertainment, out skating around and doing great stuff. So little groups like this are going to be joining us throughout the day to make your line experience as good as it possibly can be. Also, I'm going to be outside all day hawking. And uh, if you've never seen me hawk on free comic book day, I don't want to brag, but uh, he's a good good hawker. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate even that. better this year, right? Uh, thanks to your new magical headset. Yeah, uh, you're amplified this year. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make the Sham Wow guy feel like a child. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> I will destroy you, Sham Wow man. I think he did. <laughs> we don't have to talk about the Sham Wow. Oh yeah, did he? We'll just move right on from Oof. that. So uh, that's free comic book dates coming up this Saturday, May second. 2015. It's the first Saturday in May every year. I'm so excited. It's going to be really, really Oh, that's awesome. May 2nd that happens? Well, it's the first Saturday in May every year. Nice. But this year, 
it's gonna be May second. Is there something else happening on May first this oh, year? So funny that you should bring that up. There is something happening on May first. It's Avengers: Age of Ultron comes out. Oh yes. yeah! Now and you can go to any podcast on the internet, and all they're gonna be talking about this week is Avengers: Age of Ultron. Talking about comic book movies, talking about comic book shows. But we thought we'd just spend a little bit of time giving you a breakdown of what's up with Ultron, the character. That's right, because the Ultron character that we're going to see in this movie, if everything that we've heard is true, is going to be a little different from Ultron as he historically stands in the Marvel Universe. Ultron is a character that's been around for a little bit, and he's gone through some changes over time. That's right. Yeah, so he's basically the Ultron we've known over the years. You know, they've they've altered a few things to make it fit the movie continuity. Where does Ultron come from? So he is a AI. He's created initially by Hank Pym in Who's the comic books. Better known as Ant-Man or Giant-Man. Yes. Um, in the movies, it's a little different. He's created by Tony Stark, Iron Man. Mm-hmm. So they've changed that. Sort of the same idea, though. It's an AI that is created and becomes too smart, becomes self-aware, becomes sentient. And then ultimately discovers what we all know to be true already is that humans got to go. Right. And he takes it upon himself. Yes. Right. No, he, he knows, yes, uh, for the world to, to work properly, humans got to go bye-bye. Now, and a lot of people, uh, I shouldn't say a lot, some people on the old interwebs are a little upset that they're messing with the uh, Ultron origin story, having it be created by Tony Stark and not by Hank Pym. But it's important to note that Ultron and Tony Stark have a flavored and developed history throughout the years. In, sure. in comic books. Yeah, in yeah. comic books. Ultron is always trying to get that latest Stark tech. And he's taken over so many Iron Man suits over the years, it's hard to count. But um, this is not that far of a change in the continuity from the comic books. Because, man, Ultron wants that Iron Man armor so bad, and he's always going after that latest Stark tech. Yeah. So it does fit pretty well yeah, with the Yeah, no, and, and I think, you know, Ant- Ant-Man and Hank Pym haven't been introduced into the the cinematic Marvel universe, so that for them to be able to do an Ultron movie at this point, it makes a lot yeah. more sense to go Tony Stark. Um, do you guys have a favorite Ultron? Do you guys have a favorite arc that includes Ultrons? Anything coming to mind? Oh man, there's some bad ones. Um, <laughs> there are some bad ones. Do you remember the one where like he becomes female Ultron? I do. That was like in the early 2000s. Like Tony yeah. Stark has armor that can like shape shift in a way, and he becomes like this sexy version of Wasp. Ooh. Done by. Uh, was that an ultimate verse version? Maybe. It's still, okay. Yeah, it's done by uh, Jim. Um, oh, his name escapes me. He just did the Spider Gwen variant that got a bunch of heat. Oh. Uh, oh, come on. Uh, um, Frank Cho? Frank Cho. Yeah, Frank Cho. Oh, did Frank Cho did the art? Yeah, and oh, it's okay. very. But yeah. Um, Sexy Lady Ultron. Yeah, it's, it was excellent. It was pretty interesting. But um, I would say my favorite Ultron, Ultron 8 was kind of the the late 80s Ultron, I believe. Mm-hmm. And he had a lot of flavor to him. The The internet was just kind of becoming a big thing then. So we were really worried about like how far is this internet going to go. And there's a lot of really interesting social stuff packed into like late 80s, early is 90s. Is Ultron going to take over the internet? Kind of, yeah. And yeah. like, is he going to be in everyone's home? And it was an interesting time for Ultron then. Turns out they were right. Pretty much. <laughs> exactly. yeah. Yeah. I remember being, uh, I don't remember the books. It might have been even West Coast Avengers. I'm not, I might be mixing it up. But in the 80s, I remember thinking Ultron was a really scary villain because he's smarter than everybody and he's made of adamantium. He was the first introduction to a character using adamantium. Yes, pre Wolverine. Pre Wolverine. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, is that right? So yeah. uh, he's indestructible and he's smarter than everybody. Yeah. Well, that's not a good combo. So, uh, yeah, he was a real badass, scary villain. And he can yeah. take over people's minds. That's like his greatest power, I think. Everyone talks about how indestructible he is because he really is. But the biggest thing is he has the ability to like mind control people. Mm-hmm. And uh, with very little effort on his part, he can do that. So it's going to be interesting to see. I think that's going to be the big power in this next movie is we're going to see a little Avenger on Avenger action because he has the ability to take over people's minds so easily. Well, I'm super stoked. Uh, we're taking a big old Vault of Midnight field trip on, on Thursday with yeah. the whole staff. We're all going to go watch that movie together. Yeah, I can't wait. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, I'm psyched. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. So that's a little little background on Ultron for you. Yeah, I, I think he's going to kick the Avengers' ass. I can't wait to see this movie. It may be dark. Is this going to be the Empire Strikes Back of Avengers movies? I hope so. I hope so. Right? Yeah. Because it's it's the the second in a trill, yeah. a G. So they'll leave us like, you know. And Joss Whedon's last Avengers movie. Yeah. Sadly. Yeah. 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 It's kind of kind of interesting. So, yeah, there it is. So, uh, yeah, you'll probably go see that movie. We're definitely going to go see it. We're stoked. I think we should move on to comic books. What do you guys think? Uh, Love it. Yeah, I thought you weren't going to say stoked anymore, Nick. Am I not going to say stoked? 
Did I, I just, say that? You did. I don't want to say that ever again. Okay. Thank you for Moving on. Thank you for keeping me honest. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about some comic books. Let's do it. The big picks for the week. These are number ones. These are hot issues. These are things that cannot be missed. We each pick one. Marcus picked one. What do you got this week? So shockingly, I picked a Convergence book this week, guys. Did you really? Yeah. Me, who's been rasping on Convergence for a while now, I finally read a Convergence book that like I totally loved, and that's Convergence Shazam number one. Why do I love this book? Hey, why do you love this book? In my heart of hearts, I want a monthly Shazam book so bad. But Shazam is a hard character to do in the modern context. That's what I love about this Shazam book. It's bringing us back to like old classic Shazam. I, I think Jeff Parker, who's the writer on this book, yeah. totally gets Shazam. I think it, so too. It has what is the, it about Shazam? What, okay, so it's a it's kind of a retro thing. Absolutely. You guys are talking about getting mm-hmm. Shazam and totally. like why it wouldn't work. Yeah, it's a it it's a late thirties, you know, forties comic book. Kind of innocent. Yeah, I mean, so for, for people who don't know, Shazam is a young boy named Billy who gets uh, the power of all these gods. Shazam, when he yells it, he becomes like this really formidable superhero, essentially like a Superman. Yeah, some would argue more powerful, but yep. yeah, yeah, he's he has all these godlike characters, and but he still has this boyish innocence because he's still billy batson he's in there still billy batson you know 14 15 year old boy yeah mm-hmm. um and and it works really well in a 40s 50s context i don't think it transfers as well to the modern world where we're getting more realistic superheroes and even our superman is becoming well a he doesn't more... he doesn't translate well to like the perceived idea of the gritty superhero exactly. right which everybody thinks that we need and everybody sure and at a certain point in time everybody thought was necessary right, exactly. billy batson does not fit very well into that no he's not a gritty character at all and i think that's kind of why i love him so much is is he He's inspired by comics that I remember reading as a kid, like stealing, not stealing physically, but like getting old 40s and 50s comics back in the day and just being like, you know, this is this is the history of where we come from. Shazam's a big transfer character there. For a long time, Shazam was DC's number one selling superhero. Oh, it was the biggest comic book. It was mm-hmm. the biggest comic book. In the country for a time. no one reads it anymore. And then... And, that also kind of adds a nice factor to it. Is like Shazam is an important part of comic history. Yeah, but he's got a great crew too. He's yeah, got like so the whole Shazam family. I love it. Savannas. Yeah, so yep. it's, it's Shazam. Good villains. We have Mary Marvel, who I think is primed for an all ages reboot comic. Like she needs her own all ages comic. She's so great. And then there's Shazam Junior, who's this uh, normally is a kid with a um, he needs crutches because he's lost his leg, um, but when he in takes the power of Shazam, he becomes Shazam Jr., like his young sidekick. I love that his name is Shazam Jr. Yeah, me too. So great. So this book is all-out fun. If you read Grant Morrison's multiversity book that was Shazam-based, this kind of follows that level of fun, easy. There's weird characters. There's a dude in here who's like half-human, half-tiger. And because Shazam is left over from... Mr. Tawny. Mr. Tawny, yes, thank you. Because Shazam is left over from this earlier time period, it works. Yeah. And and it works really well. And there are ray guns, and people are tied up saying, like, you'll never get me. It's like, it has that kind of old radio style to it. And I just love that style. And it's something in DC's super dark, gritty current universe. I think we need a little Shazam. And this book scratches that itch really well. I think there's, like, one of my favorite things about where we are in comics right now is that comic books are not afraid to be fun again mm-hmm. there's yep. a lot of right so this is like mark wade's run on daredevil yes uh you know jonathan hickman it's just a blast fantastic four yep. like these kind of big writers super talented writers kind of re-injecting a little bit of fun and a little bit yeah, of wonder and ideas yeah. And, yeah yeah it's not just about like how much can we beat these these superheroes down and yeah. how much can we like See what they can crawl through after the worst shit has happened yeah. to them. Yeah, um, it's it's a really kind of refreshing thing, and this I think this is exactly this is the comic we need. It's the comic we deserve. Yeah, I totally yeah, agreed. So it, let's uh, talk about the artist though, really quick. Sure. Yeah. Evan Doc Shaner. Yeah. A Michigan boy, Michigan man. Oh, I didn't at this know he point. was. A, I didn't know that he was from Michigan. Yeah. So uh, his family, I can't remember if it was his mother or his grandmother came in the store a couple of years ago and asked, do you have any Evan Shaner comic books? And I was not familiar with this artist. And so thank you very much to uh, Evan's family member who put me up on this artist because, I mean, dude, it's, it's the art. Yeah, it's perfect for this type of story. It's kind of a throwback. It's very simple. It's yeah. very kind of classic. Clean, clean, detailed. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what's so cool about Billy as a character is, like, not only is he Shazam, but... 
it's just it's just so wonderfully nostalgic. Like he works at a radio station called Wiz Radio. I love it. And when he's not Shazam, he's on the radio, like trying to get the people to rally behind one another and be a better place. And and um, if you ever fell in love with like early Cap, early Shazam is right there with it. They're in the same wheelhouse, and it just yeah. early Superman. Yeah. yeah. In, in in a time like today, where you can only watch. You know, Aquaman try to fight to get Atlantis back, and it's dark and it's gritty. Like these books are are the perfect itch of nostalgia, and that's what I've wanted from Convergence for so long. And this book finally delivered it. It's a it's a slam dunk of a comic book. Agreed. I think it's a bit it's a bit of a high wire act because it does take uh, because that stuff is kind. It can be kind of one note unless you have somebody that really knows what they're doing. Totally. I think it's just a, a, a comic like Shazam is exactly what the doctor ordered. Yeah, yeah, in the right hands, like somebody like Jeff Parker can can do it. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite Shazam is Kingdom Come Shazam. To this point, I haven't. Yeah. You know, Jeff sure. Smith Shazam was great. Very right? good. That was my first introduction to Shazam, oh. though. Was you know nineteen what was nineteen ninety eight something like that nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, I'm, I'm maybe even earlier. Yeah. But it was Kingdom Come, and Shazam was like a, a not one of the bad guys, but he was being manipulated, and he's like a big part of by Mister Mind. Yeah. By Mr. Mind and Lex Luthor. Yeah. Yeah, and um, it's they, they pit Shazam against Superman. So that, in my mind, that was Shazam for like... So cool. He's yeah, just yeah. like this super powerful weapon to be like aimed at somebody, which is a really cool take that we really, you know... He was really was, scary in that too because he, he still had that boyish kind of yeah. grin and, yeah. and, and, and way about him, but he was yeah. being wielded by it's evil. so cool. Yeah, it's really cool how they do it. And uh, yeah, Shazam, he just rocks. He's a cool superhero, and and we don't see a lot of him, and it's just. Um, so I I really like Jeff Johns and and Gary Frank's Shazam book too. That that was a backup in the Justice League. Oh, I've it was read collected that. into one volume now, and it's just making me realize that over the years, like the last, like six, five or six times I've read Shazam, it doesn't happen very often. Yeah. But it's been great every time ever since like Kingdom Come. Yeah. We really liked Morrison's run. I like Jeff Johns' run. We we're digging on this, you know. Maybe somebody totally awesome should do a monthly Shazam book. I hope that it happens. So. Yeah. Cool. So that's a uh, convergence Shazam number one. Don't say Shazam too loudly. You never know what'll happen. Oh yeah, you might get you might become Shazam. That sounds Wait, awesome. That'd be awesome. Everyone yell Shazam at the yeah, top of your lungs. That I sounds take like it a good idea. Curtis, cool. speaking of uh, dark and gritty. Yeah, the grittiest. What do you got? What's uh, your pick? So I'm gonna. I haven't talked about Batman in at least. A week. So I figure we'll yeah. talk about uh, the end of Endgame, Batman number 40. Can you, okay, so this is Batman issue number 40. Yes. They've been doing this giant story arc for how many issues now? Not is too it? many. Uh, Endgame started on issue 35. So is only five issues? Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought it was longer than that. Yep. Okay. So what? what's the premise of Endgame? What just, what's, the, what's the arc about? So Joker's back. Mm-hmm. So people have been following um, Batman or who haven't. The Joker first shows up in uh, Death of the Family. Mm-hmm. So that's the first Joker New 52 appearance in Batman proper. Um, and then he, he was defeated and he's been gone and now he's back. Yeah. And he's got a new plan. He Joker gasses the JLA. So Endgame starts off with Batman versus the JLA. The Jokerized JLA. And it is totally awesome oh he the joker t- takes over the jl the just sleep has, has to fight yeah so he's them. fighting superman green lantern wonder yeah. woman and he's got this cool batman armor where he's got like mini red suns generated yeah. somehow in his fist and he's fighting superman it's great um it goes on and on and uh the, i won't spoil you you guys should totally check it out if you haven't already but this is the end of that story arc it was delayed a month because of convergence i imagine so uh i've been hotly anticipating the end of this it's the final showdown between Batman and Joker in this current arc. It was great. It was emotionally resonant as heck. Uh, things happened with Alfred that broke my heart. So I got to say, I'm I'm issues behind on the the new Batman run, which and I love this new Batman run. Yeah, I mean, if it's not really new anymore, it's yeah. forty issues in. But sure. I absolutely love it. I've been way behind, and it sounds kind of rote to say like the final showdown between Batman and the Joker. Like, who gives a crap, right? Right. We've seen that many, many times. It is. I just popped in for this issue. It was intense yeah. and powerful, yep. and it's like some stuff you've never seen in a Batman Joker off before. Yeah. yeah. No, so awesome. I enjoyed it. So much. And the cool thing about Endgame for me is it involves the whole Bat family. All the Bat family's there yep. for Endgame. They're all doing stuff. And, um, and you know, the, what happens with Alfred in Endgame and how it affects 
the Bat family, we joke like you don't mess with Alfred because he's kind of every superhero's dad. Yeah. Seriously. Don't mess with him. Don't mess with Alfred. No, like that'll get you messed and, up. And some bad things happen to Alfred in Endgame. And if you are a comic book reader at all, if you ever watched a Batman TV show or whatever, like you care. Like it is hard to watch bad things happen to Alfred because he's not only the JLA's dad, but like for all of us that grew up watching Batman, like Alfred's the one who tells you that it's going to be okay. Sure. And to watch anything bad happen to that dude is just heart wrenching. No, I, 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 if anything, I want anybody else something can happen to. Right. Just not Alfred. Right. You know, you can take out whoever. Don't. Just leave Alfred. Mess alone. with my dude. He's um, yeah, this was this was so cool, and it ties so many things together. So Greg Capullo and Scott Snyder have been doing this Batman run the whole time. Yeah, and it is so tight. Over the course of this this last story arc, they've recircled back to the Court of Owls. They've which um, was the beginning of their right. of the relaunch that these two started working on together was focused on the Court of Owls. Exactly, which ties like really great into Nightwing yep. and Haley's Circus and all the cool bits of Batman lore that have been good throughout the years. Um, this is just a perfect end of this story arc. Huge change to the Batman universe in this issue. Things are going to be different, at least for the foreseeable future. Uh, Divergence, number one, is one of DC's free comic book day comics. It's going to introduce the new Batman for the first time. Yeah. And uh, it's quite different. Also, just real quick, um, talking about the cover of this book, because it is a eye catcher. Yes. yes. It's uh, Batman fighting the Joker, but in the style of... Uh, Famed English Saint George fighting the dragon, which is a pretty notable piece of art history. But the way they do it is a beautiful mix of comic book art and what I would call church stained glass style. It's one of the most beautiful covers I've seen in it's a long wild. time. It's wild. It's really cool. It's it kind super of Mike cool. Mignola -y a, a little, little bit. bit yeah. And yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. I love it. I love the the take on Batman and the Joker in there because this is like done to death yep. right many many we've all seen it of, of batman yep. and the joker and scott snyder's take on like the pathos between the two of them you know earlier on the last joker arc this was death of the family like you really yeah. get into the sense of like joker's kind of obsession slash being in love with batman yeah or at least what his his like twisted take on like why he has to keep fighting Batman is because, like, they love each other and no one else understands them. And, like, why doesn't Batman understand that? Yeah. And, and it works really well. it works really yeah. well. And it's 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 creepy, but it also, you buy it. You buy yeah. his obsession in a way that I never really did before. It's like, oh, Joker's crazy and he's Batman's bad guy. Like, we, that's just we, what we all take for granted. Yep. Um, this takes this book and this issue in particular, like, twists it in such an interesting and cool way. If you have not read any of this arc... You could just jump right in here for like one of the coolest Batman moments that you'll read in years. Yep. So yeah, it was a great book. Yeah, and uh, you know, so Snyder's caught a little controversy over his uh, Joker origins. You know, because the the origin of the Joker has kind of been defined more than it ever has in this in this run. in this arc. Yeah. And um, some people were like, ah, they don't know if they like it, or you know, because you know, Joker's origins really nebulous, super mysterious. Who right. is he? Where's he come from? It's all half truths, and you know, uh, you don't know what's really going on. He doubles down and then doesn't in this issue in a way where we just don't know. Yeah. And I think it's so dang cool where they leave the Joker in this yeah. book. Um, so, you know, we, I, all the time, Batman, 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 I'm still singing that song, issue 40 of, N, of, uh, it's just the best. It's a, such a great place to jump in. If you've ever been curious about Batman, you can get volume one of the new 52 Batman stuff and just be ready to go. Yeah. You could have read no other Batman before that and you'll just hit the ground running. Yep. Yeah. Best run in years. Absolutely. So, uh, and, uh, get excited for free comic book day divergence. Cause, uh, I think that's going to be a historical issue. New yeah. Batman, you guys. Excellent. Yep. So that's Batman number 40 from DC Comics. We we all picked DC books this week. Oh, look at that. Weird. Nick, Nick what would you pick DC-wise? I picked Multiversity number two. This is weird. I know we've, we've picked all Marvel books before. This might be a first. But I think this is the first time all three of us have picked DC Image books. Image is going to be so pissed at us. I know. They pay they, us so much money, and now we're doing it. Yeah, to pretend us. that their comics are good. And now yeah. here we are. <laughs> DC had a big week. I think you guys will admit that uh, there was a bunch of really good Convergence titles this week. There was more than there has been before. Yeah. I absolutely give yeah, you that. I'm so, there. yeah. It uh, only took them 
30 some issues hey whoa whoa (laughs) convergence detective comics is another one if you're if you haven't picked up a convergence book yet i would pick up detective comics i really enjoyed it yeah justice society of america convergence was good all right why don't you guys wait for the pull box yeah can i talk about multiversity please yes please sorry nick go my pick got it nick's big pick multiversity number two i'm actually not going to spend a bunch of time on this because i'm hoping multiversity is done now i'm hoping we can do a big multiversity talk we should and just pick, take all of them and just do a one-shot and just talk about it for a while. Yeah. You guys down? Yeah. So down. All right, cool. So this wraps up the big Grant Morrison multiversity story. He's been doing a series of one-shots. Uh, they were all they all kind of stood on their own, and they all had these weird loose threads that tied them together. This is the first one. This is the first number two. Yes. Which the first one came out, what, seven months ago? Yeah, yeah. Months. To launch yeah, us. Yeah, it's been mm-hmm. a while. And that's what kicked it off, and that was The Multiversity. And now, seven, eight months later, we have The Multiversity number two. I love trying to explain this stuff to it people. It makes no sense. Yeah. Um, really, this is... Okay, so here's what I want you to do. This is the Convergence book that you should be reading. <laughs> The core convergence book that you, you should be reading. So, yeah. re, you know, read any of the tie-ins that you want. Read your Shazams. Read your whatever. Right. There's Convergence 0 through 8 that's yes. going to come out. Mm-hmm. Throw that in the toilet. And I read see. Multiversity <laughs> instead. Yeah. Because it's the impetus for all of this convergence stuff, mm-hmm. and it's better in every way. In fact, I think this is the best argument we've had for single-issue comics that I've ever read. I think if you ever if, that I've ever read. So if I think that if you're looking for like why should I not? What wouldn't it be better to just wait for a trade? Yeah, you, know, you get that argument all yeah, the time. You all do. The time, it's like day. oh, this is good, but I'll just wait until it's collected into a trade. This is a book that you want to read in single issues, and ideally you would want to read it as it's coming out. Absolutely. But, but the way that you hold this comic, the way that this comic speaks to you about the fact that you're holding a single issue comic book, it's like explicitly, you know, third wall breaking stuff. Yeah, what was the last one? Fourth Unity. Wall. Fourth wall. <laughs> I, was gonna, I was like, is there a third wall? Well, it's a comic book, so yeah, right. it's the fourth panel. Yeah. But like you guys remember, yeah, last issue, Unity, right? Yeah. That, no, the well, whole book was just talking to you the entire time. Yeah. And as I was reading it, I was just like, thank God for comic books. The yep. entire time, that's all I could think. It, it just, it had to be in this medium, and it had to be a single issue book, that, and I hadn't read another one for, except for a month. I think it's just it's a great argument for the whole medium, and I absolutely loved it. Yeah, and I, you know, and that's the thing. So what we get, we get a lot of camps, right? Where it's like I only do trades. Yeah, I can't wait. You know, um, I think you can do both. I you wish know? that you could do both. And yeah, I'm not from like a commercial standpoint. No, I just think that some books, like the experience of the month to month thing, yeah. is so cool. Depending on the writer. And I, I completely get it. it's not for like not every writer is very good at it. Some books I think do read better in trade. There True. are a few that I do Absolutely. think read better in trade. Yeah. But um there are so many that the build up, the month to month build up is part of the reading experience. Yeah. I think people forget that. Totally. And Scott people... Snyder is really good at like at wrapping up a book month to month yep. and putting a, a cap on it. Yeah. His witch's book is perfect. Like I right. can never when I so when I am holding the witch's book, I never I cannot remember what happened in the last issue, and I'm just right back into it as soon as I start reading. Yep. A, yeah, Rat Queens is a really good example for me of a book that goes really well yeah. month to month. They get, sure. But they do it kind of in the opposite way. They they always leave you with this nail-biting cliffhanger. Absolutely. And you just are like, oh my God, I cannot wait for four weeks to speed by yeah. so I can pick, and you don't get that with the trade. Uh, Brubaker, same way. So I'm, I'm reading Velvet and Fade Out right now, and the, in the last like three pages of that book is just like, bam, bam. Bam! Brian over. K. Vaughan Wait is like for it. the master of this. Yeah, I think of just like each one is its own little arc and leaves yeah. with a cliffhanger every single time. That's not to say these books don't read well in trades. Um, some are so. Who's not Warren Ellis? Not super good at at least not right. anymore. Yeah, you want bigger chunks of Ellis because it's it can be wild and heady and weird. And, and he'll and, just stop. He'll just like in the middle of a thought almost, just like end the issue. Right. You know, and it reads really well when you read it all in that one mm-hmm. chunk. I will say some Jason Aaron I prefer to read in trade. Oh, I could see that. Scalped is is what instantly comes to mind. Scalped I can see. I think he's yeah. better at it at Southern Bastards. Southern Bastards. I agree. Like, can wait. Scalped, yeah. Scalped was, is one yeah. that whereas I read it in trade, I really enjoy because he does these really great long arcs yeah. and it reads really nice in trade. Southern Bastards reads wonderful in single issues. I read Scalped in single issues and it definitely was like, it was tough. There's so much characterization exactly. and there's so much stuff going on and it's so subtle yeah. that it's not like these big story beats. Um, anyway, 
that's a big old tangent about single issue comics and trade paperbacks. I implore you to read all of Multiversity yes. as soon as you can. Every single issue is still available. That's the thing. Yeah. We have them all at the shop. And if yeah, if you're at if most you're, shops, if your we'll have them. Comic store is, is worth a worth its salt. They will also have them around because it is it's fantastic. Just read the whole thing and take an afternoon and bask in the wonder of comic books. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, roll around in it. Yeah, and it's really silly. That's the other thing. It's like it, it's take it's it's done straight, but it's not like taking itself too seriously. I don't think. Well, and it's it's hard to describe, right? Because Unity is definitely kind of silly in that fourth wall way. Yeah. But also, I thought it was a scary comic book. Yeah, absolutely. I found that comic to be terrifying, even though it's like like super goofy. So, because um, Grant there it is. Morrison completely understands the. Like the weight of the thing, but also that like we're all reading comic books right now, and these people are wearing tights. Right. Yeah, he com- he just completely gets it in a way that maybe nobody else does. Yeah, no, and, and exactly, and that's the thing. We're you know you come to terms with it. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Like yeah, it's fine. Yeah, Shazam is wearing like that half cape sash thing. It's fine. Let's just dive into. Yeah, it. right. Yeah, cool swashbuckler boots, Captain America. So that's multiversity number two. That's the end of the the multiversity uh, big event. From Grant Morrison and a variety of different artists. Do you have the uh, the void fill right now? What's the void fill? Well, like so, when I finished Wild's End, I, d- I did the last issue of it. I had this like I have to fill this void. Are you having that with Multiversity? No, because it ended so well that I'm oh, just I, that I'm just totally satisfied. Awesome, and I can't wait to read it all again. Yeah, and I also can't wait to like talk to you dudes in depth about it and see all the things that I didn't pick up on the first time and yeah. Yeah, it's a it's an incredibly dense project. Absolutely. Thank you, Grant Morrison, for for being you, my man. Thank you, Grant Morrison. Thank you, DC, for allowing this to happen because it's so weird. It is. It's super weird. Yeah. Yeah. So those are our big picks for the week. Awesome. We each picked one, but there's so many more comics every week. There's so many more comics. We never have time to get through them all. Let's pick through a few more that deserve some attention. Marcus, what do you got? Uh, I'm gonna kick it off with Princess Leia number three. Uh, one of two Mark Waid books I'm doing this week on my my little pullback. I am loving everything that Mark Waid is writing right now. He's just on top of his game. Princess Leia kicking it off. This is a character that I was a little worried was going to be underdeveloped. They were just going to kind of go for the Carrie Fisher Princess Leia thing. Mark Waid is writing her as a strong leader, and it's awesome. Can you think of anybody else that has written comics as long as Mark Waid has that is as good at it? Brian Michael Bendis. For as long. Mark Wade predates even Bendis. Wade's so good, and he keeps writing like the best stuff ever. He's, yeah. he's, he's at the top of his game right now. He writes everything he writes right now is is phenomenal. This Princess Leia book, okay, so uh, everybody was digging the hell out of it. I liked it. Yeah. One and two, three. Yeah. With these refugees from Alderaan and this kicked it into a, I, into a new gear. I loved this issue. Yeah, I love it. Very that. cool and yeah. steeped with the whole, you know. That that original trilogy sort of sure. uh, story that I had no idea that I wanted to know about. I mean, when's the last time you thought about like the leftover people of Alderaan? Like they blew up that whole planet, that they eradicated an entire. Yeah, it's a really cool idea. Yeah, so uh, neat it's in story. Good hands. Yep. What do you got, Curtis? What's your next poll I'll, box? I'll I'll start us off with Silver Surfer. Oh, the Mike Allred. Mike Allred and Dan Slott. Yeah. are still on this book. Uh-huh. We're on issue 11. Talk about fun in comic books. This is what I'm talking about. It's an irreverent blast. It and doesn't Silver care. Surfer was always like the most ponderous, like brooding character yes. in all of Marvel comics. They still do that, though. Yeah. He's still this cosmic being with thoughts bigger than, than we can comprehend. Yeah. That said... It's fun as heck. He's hanging out like with this girl who runs a bed and breakfast. And it's super weird, hilarious. It does that Jack Kirby thing better than I think any comic right now that I'm reading where it's just wild and giant and awesome. Just big ideas. Yep. Big space stuff. And it's beautiful. Mike and Laura Allred uh, between the art and coloring on this book. And Dan Slott is secretly one of the just the best workhorse Dudes that in dude comics. Does not get, yeah, dude does not get the, the praise that he deserves. No, He's but. A super good writer. Between this and Amazing Spider Man, forget yeah. it. Two of my favorite yeah. books over at Marvel. Yeah. Uh, I was just saying, this book has a lot of crossover from the Doctor Who fandom. Oh, does it? Oh, yes. Why? Cool. Well, because they share a very similar premise. Uh, you have a kind of this time lord who travels through space and is going to all these different weird new places, and he has a companion, the, the lady who runs the bed and breakfast. Oh, yeah. So, a lot sure. of Doctor Who fans, if you like Doctor Who, Check out Silver Surfer. I think you'll see a lot of similarities of things you like. 
That's a good, lovely. Good link, Marcus. Good call. Thanks, bud. <laughs> I got Pisces number one. This what? is uh, an, this is an image book. Finally, <laughs> it took us a while to get there. Oh here's, yeah. Here's an image book. Um, the, shoo, what is this book about? I don't. I don't pi- know. I, I don't know what the but overall. I'm... I loved it. I loved it. Moment I to moment, I was loving it. So this is Curtis it. Weeb, uh, Weeby? Weeby, I think, uh, who is writing Rat Queens, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. You are correct. And it was, like I said, moment to moment, I loved what was going on. It was kind of a Vietnam like crash, like a plane crash survival story. But there's a ton that goes on before that, and we don't know how any of it's linked, and, and it's know. awesome. And then there's something afterwards. Yeah, the, end, the ending it. is super. Like what? It, what just happened? Yeah. yeah. So it's not clear. Like so, I mean, we go through this kind of survivor's uh, story of like trying to make it, but then. Did any of it happen? We don't know. It was a great first issue because I loved I'm like it. totally intrigued by and it. And the art was totally badass by yeah. an artist I'm not familiar with. Yeah, Johnny Christmas. Johnny Christmas, That's great name. Johnny Christmas. The art was so good. Yeah, was really you know good. what I love about this writer? He loves making you cringe. And he doesn't rat queens and he does it here. There's a, uh, you, the, you know what I'm talking about. There's a, a nut explosion reference. Oh, oh sure. To, to a guy who like yeah. blows out a testicle. And I was just like, it just felt my stomach. I was like, oh, jeez. Nope. But he, that's what this dude does so well. And there, he wants you to read this book and feel uncomfortable and feel weird. And So there's that visceral stuff, but then there's a moment that makes you uncomfortable. There's like this betrayal that happens in the book that's yeah. like they just toss it out there like yeah. it's nothing. It's like, and it's a really intense moment, and he just keeps walking right by it. This was a lot of fun. Pisces number one from Image. I think uh, it's worth a check out. Yeah, agreed. Cool. So um, if you're not reading Silk, you should be. It's my favorite Spider book right now. I like it more than Amazing Spider-Man, and I love Amazing Spider-Man. That's a bold statement, but... uh, Cindy Moon is here to stay. Yes. She's not going anywhere. She's awesome. It's nice because she's trying to figure out her superhero-ness. She hasn't been a superhero very long. This book is perfect for 20-somethings. It's it's written for our generation. Um, This book kicks a colossal amount of ass, and everyone should be reading it. I think... The, the the humor in this book is masterfully done. Uh, sales pitch, Curtis on the mic. Issues one and two still available at all vaults of midnight. Thanks, sales pitch, Curtis. <laughs> Quasi Curtis. <laughs> yeah, this book is is amazing. Nice. It's every time I read it, I just smile from the first page to the end. It's just nonstop joy. I'll back um, you up there. I like the logo fun. too. Yeah, yeah, love it. Cool. Excellent, Curtis. What do you got? I'm gonna go with Rumble. Number five, mm. it's another image comic. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, I love Rumble. We talk about it almost every issue. I won't uh, bore you with the ins and outs of this book. Another killer issue from John Arcudi and James Heron. Art rules, writing rules, magic swords, kind of dipshit guys teaming up with a, what, a scarecrow with no soul yeah, from another dimension? Uh, another dimension refugee slash warrior. Talk about a slow burn into like an amazing comic. Totally, like, the first issue was fun. The second issue is like, huh? And the third issue is, yeah, what the hell, I am completely in. Yes, yeah. yeah, and maybe it's set in Detroit. We don't know, but we're pretending I, that it's I set think in Detroit. It is set in Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. it might be. It's a little Detroity. Yeah, very Detroity. All right, That's right. I'll wrap it up this week with uh, with Bitch Planet, which I haven't had a chance to read yet, but I'm super excited about. Yeah, me neither. Has anybody had a chance to crack this didn't, one? Didn't crack it open, no. It's been consistently great. Kelly Sue DeConnick uh, is killing it. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's one of my favorite books to talk about around the shop. It's uh, it's kind of hitting. Have you guys noticed how many non-compliant tattoo images? I saw two in one into? day this week. Live or? In the store. Yeah. We really? It's yes. like actually happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is that re- I wonder if that's represented in its sales. It's having a viral kind of moment this comic book right now yes. in terms of like its imagery and the ideas behind it. But is that is it represented in how many people are actually reading this comic, or is it just the pitch is like hit hit something? In I, the I wonder in industry wide how it's doing, but in our store it is it's one of the best selling books we have. Oh, absolutely! It's like through the roof. It's top five easy, and that's saying a lot. It completely deserves it. Yep. Uh, and I can't wait to dig in with a new issue, Bitch Planet. Number four, are yeah. you woman enough to survive? Bitch planet. This this book makes me wonder if I am, in fact. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, it's I don't hardcore. Know you are. That's what I'm saying. Thank you <laughs> <laughs> for not knowing. Excellent. 
Let's move on, Let's. shall we? Pull box over. Pull box is over. There's All right. a lot of comics this There's week. There's a lot, yeah. We do have a listener question. Our listener question this week comes from Bruce, who asks, what do you guys think of this modern, sustained push of comics mythology and movies into television? Why do you think it is happening now, and has it affected your retail business? Bruce, I think this is a great question. Darn fine question. What do you guys think? There's so many facets to this. There really is. So let me start off by saying I love it. It's great. You love? Movies and TV and all this stuff embracing comic books. And when we say comic books, because I, th- I think Bruce makes a really critical disti- distinction, like this idea of mythology. Yes. Right? This is a new kind of phenomenon that's like hitting its stride in, in TV. TV wasn't really the place for these big genre mythological ideas until like relatively recently, yeah. I would say. Is that fair? Yeah, a lot of the older superhero shows were very um, bubblegum in nature. Yeah. You kind of got a one little story, superhero beats up the bad guy, wrap it up. And that's not the way we're doing it anymore. And even the ones that, so you know, you have your Lois and Clark. You guys remember that show. Sure. Yeah. It was like a drama show first. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Mm -hmm. Not a big superhero show first. But at some point we had some sort of sea change. What was it? I think it, you know. We, I think we can all agree it was probably the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. Right. I think that was the big one. That's the kind of maybe the birth of the modern superhero movie. Anyways. Yeah. Do you yeah. all remember? So for me, I like vividly remember seeing that movie for the first time. It was like a big deal. Huge deal. Oh yeah, me, absolutely. Like, Holy crap! Someone gets it. So do you guys remember how that movie was in limbo for maybe a couple decades? Oh yeah, it was something they were trying to do for, for really long so time. long, for so long, and it would come up and it would go away and it would come up and go away. So when they finally made a Spider-Man movie, and it was pretty dang awesome, oh yeah, uh, that was humongous. It was a really big deal. Yeah. So we get we get the Sam Raimi Spider-Mans, um, and that launches the modern cinematic superhero. Well, universe. it demonstrates that there's money in it, mm-hmm. right? So let's make. I'm gonna make a couple of suppositions here. Yeah. I, I I submit to you guys that we are in a the, a golden age of comic books right now. Agreed. A renaissance the likes of which we have never seen. Agreed. I submit this to you. W- without the comics themselves being as good as they are, I don't think we would still have this. I don't think this wave would would continue and grow like it is in movies and TV. I agree. But so, so the it, source so, material is fantastic. Absolutely. So but yeah. it, so we have that going on. That's mm-hmm. where we're at right now in 2015. Uh, there's an argument to be made that that we don't that a lot of that is due to this push or the you know to the this all the money for movies and all of the the TV shows and do you guys think that there's anything to that I think I think it helps and I think it's all part of it but comics are just really good and they've been criminally underread by the American populace since like the mid 50s and still criminally underread yes yeah. no if you read books if you like stories yeah and you're not reading comic books um, you, you know you should give them a look. And we we say that all the time. I think a big part of it, too, is like um, we always say that, or a lot of people say that superheroes are the American mythology, Mm -hmm. right? Um, They they come about in a time in American history where we needed them. Um, The country is so in tune with the superhero origin story at this point that I think we reached a time when people needed superheroes as far as like, there was a time in like, mid 2000s where the economy was in the dump and we were in the war on terror and we see a huge boom in superhero tv and movies and i i think it would be silly to say that those two things aren't no i think i I think throughout history superhero uh, yeah. yeah superhero media pops up when people need inspiration, that's a huge part of the comic book game as far as superheroes go that might be myth a lot uh Myth in general, right? To- totally you know, agree. just kind of throughout human history, yeah. if you want to get deep, right? But, Maybe. But we have the, we have the mid two thousands. People are down. The economy's down. We're we're in this weird thing, and uh, we see we see superhero movies really start to pop. And yet, Spider Man is two thousand, right? Which is the but, you know kind of that, the big one. At that time, we're getting one superhero movie every two to three years, right? Right. It's it's not really until the mid two thousands that we see the huge bump, and we start to see the TV come into play yeah. and now we've, we've done that and, and we're getting so many hours of new comic book visual media as far as television goes 
every week. It's pretty intense. It's insane. We've yeah. never lived in a moment with this much visual comic media no, getting released to us never every been. single week. And from a retailer side of that, you know, we've said it before, we say it again, it's super nice that Marvel and DC put out billions with a B advertising for our industry every year seen by millions and millions of people. Yeah, you know, and the cool thing is, and I think it's it's cyclical, right? So, you know, you put out these shows, they're good, they're getting more diverse, I think, in their offerings. You know, movies like, say, Guardians of the Galaxy, when it was announced, seems a little bit of more of a risk yeah. than maybe your, your average superhero movie. It comes out, it's funny, it's got these different beats than some, you know, it's got your similar superhero stuff, you know, your cosmic jewels and your, your powers and everything like this, but... You know, I think it, it keeps broadening what we think of as superheroes. And then it's speaking to a larger audience, which is awesome. But then they come to look for the source material, and it's actually good. You know, you when people that helps come a in, lot. If something yeah. that we can come in and say, oh, here is a really good comic book based on this thing yeah. that you liked. Because you could just as easily, they could read something that's, you know, maybe a little dated or a sure. little, you know. Yeah, and it's a you know, first time, you know, like Daredevil's doing really well right now on Netflix. Great reviews. Uh, first time Daredevil comic book readers uh, I'm noticing in the shop. Oh, it's nuts. And I got, you know, I've got a good dozen choices that sure. I feel very comfortable recommending a first time. If oh, you like the Daredevil show. show and you like it? Oh, you're going to totally dig this. And we see this time and time again. Every time there's a new movie, every time there's a new, you know, you have this kind of like throng of people. And what's cool is that they come in the door thinking like, yeah, I like comic books. I love that movie. Whether they've read comic books or not, sure. they right. have this idea of it and they come in instead of, whereas maybe they never would have before, they come in thinking like, yes, of course I love comic books. Right. Because I love the material that that comes out of it. Mm -hmm. So that's our opportunity as retailers to say like, I'm so glad you liked that. Here's a really great Guardians of the Galaxy comic. Here's this other thing also that you might that you might enjoy. Right. So as a re as retailers, that is the opportunity for us. And you can, it would be really easy to just every time a movie comes out to just build up a big display of stuff related to that movie and let people buy it, yep. whether it's good or not. That would be the easiest thing in the world. But the challenge is to say, hey, here's this whole medium now that you're you you're opened the door to. Please check out this other stuff. Yeah, like so we did build, you know, our shameless Daredevil tie-in table. Oh, absolutely. At the vault. Fortunately, we have a lot of really good Daredevil books to to fit that don't get enough attention, well, that, that's, and now they're getting attention. That's my point. We you know we curated that table, so it is your shameless media tie-in, but absolutely. it's also let's pick our top, you know. Daredevil books that we've all read and yeah. love and that are worthy of your attention after, you know, after you, you know, braving the gates and coming into the store for the maybe the first time. So, uh, yeah, no, it's great. So I think it is to answer the question, I think it is an opportunity for us. And I think we do see benefits from it and we see a bump from it. Um, but that's the first step in the battle. Right. And I think we have to, you know, and, and then it's up to us to turn those people into fans of the medium and not just fans of uh, the stuff from that movie. Exactly. Whatever that movie might have been. True. Yeah. You know how creepy it's going to be this upcoming Halloween when, like, the hot costume is Ultron? You just see, like, dozens of oh, little Ultrons everywhere. running through the streets. It's going to be a little creepy. And maybe that's Ultron's opportunity to actually launch his attack. <laughs> yeah. And we won't even we won't really even know. know. We have yeah. to be no extremely idea. vigilant yeah. this Halloween. At some point, I'd like to have a conversation um, in, in, in a different episode about how the different forms of media are speaking to different audiences. Because, like, if we look at Christopher Nolan's DC movies, and then we look at DC Flash, that are both kind of under this Warner Brothers arm, two totally different mediums trying to talk to two totally different groups. And, and stylistically, super interesting. very different. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's and we didn't even get into this, Tar. I wanted to talk about how, like, genre television in general, like, you know, your Once Upon a Times, your Vampire Diaries, your, you know, these kind of, like, big kind of fantasy or sci-fi shows, like, they owe a lot to comic books. Oh, there's no question. Absolutely. And comic books have been kind of carrying this torch that's been really dormant in popular media for decades. Yeah. Took, comics have been doing it the whole time. Oh, genre fiction, I would say, in general, to pick a medium, has kind of been historically maligned. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and, you know, you look at whatever, you know, pick a movie awards thing. If you're if you're a genre movie, you are you will not be getting yeah. nominated, it, my it friend. It's having a moment right now. Mm -hmm. that, that kind of stuff. This is people's favorite thing right now. Yeah, and when you think about it, right, you know, Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter, I mean, we're in this crazy time of Game of Thrones. Every show 
that you're thinking about or movie almost. Yeah. You know, with some sort of sci-fi, you know, yeah. fantasy. You can't put that you know, all on comic books. No, Obviously, no, no. This stuff exists outside of comic no. books. Right. But, you know, it, it is really interesting that, like, in this moment where people are really looking for these genre-heavy things that, like, comic books are right there and there's decades of material to pull from yep. and it's ready to go. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Pretty Dan in. Yep. That was my Nacho Libre. Uh, thank you for that. that. I did. You're and welcome. thank you, Bruce, for the question. Uh, it was great. If you have any questions for us, you can send us audio. You can come into the shop. Uh, or you can send us an email at superskull at vaultofmidnight.com. Mm-hmm. We would really appreciate that. Well, we'd also really appreciate it if you have a moment, if you listen to this show, clearly you listen to this show, you're listening to it right now, to pop on over to iTunes and give us a review. Yeah. It really helps us out. It helps us uh, spread the word and find new listeners and, and makes this whole thing possible. So uh, if you have a free second, it just takes a second. Just go over to iTunes and just give us a quick little review and tell us what you think. Please do a lot. that. It would. And we thank you in advance. Well, thank you so much, gentlemen, for talking about comics with me. Oh, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure, as always. It's always a pleasure. We'll Thanks. be back next week. Yeah. I, sorry. Please. I was going to say, thanks for the waffles this morning, Nick. I did. I, is, was it a good idea to make waffles before the podcast? I'm feeling a little waffle tummy. Oh, I loved it. Me too. Yeah. It was great. All right, good. Those whole wheat waffles. Those were whole wheat waffles. You know, egg whites. It was just egg whites. There's no lactose in those waffles. No. no because utter sauce is disgusting. Yeah, totally yeah. agree. That's right. Especially when you say it like that. <laughs> We've all agreed to call it utter sauce, I think. Uh, yeah, sure. Thus ends another issue of Super Skull, the Vault of Midnight podcast. You can hear us every Thursday wherever podcasts are found. Our music was created by A-Bomb. Our logo was designed by Philip Wong. And our producer is Catherine Gorman. Super Skull is brought to you by Vault of Midnight, Earth's finest comic books and stuff since 1996. This is Nick Weibar for Marcus Schwimmer and Curtis Sullivan wishing you good reading. Until next week. 